Hey guys, what is up? Today we're going to answer the question of how many repetitions should you do to build muscle. And I'm going to keep this video short and sweet just because the article is quite detailed. So if you're unaware, there's an article to accompany this video slash podcast and you can access that in the link in the bio. So if you're more interested in the details, I recommend that you go there, okay? So we give you a little bit of a history of where the repetition range came from, why people believe it to, to be the hypertrophy range, and then the actual deeper science, you know, about repetition ranges and, and kind of training in general. If you're interested in training or interested in hypertrophy training, I highly recommend that you read that article, okay? So to start off, that's the question we're answering. How many, how many repetitions should you do to build muscle? And classically, you've probably heard eight to 12 or maybe broader, six to 15 is what you should be doing. And it's true but it's not true, okay? So that, 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 that's always the, the kind of, the, the thing that we say here at Triage, you know, something, something can be right, but it's not necessarily true, okay? So, so, so it is correct in, the, in, in, in telling someone an application, but the actual why is somewhat misled, okay? So in, in, like in theory, there is no hypertrophy rep range, okay? So it, it just doesn't exist. There's, there's no hypertrophy rep range because hypertrophy is essentially a side effect of training as opposed to a very specific fitness quality, okay? So it's occurring as a result of muscular overload essentially that leads to signaling that causes your muscle to grow. So it's, it's not a specific fitness quality. It's not something that you, you exactly, you know, train very specifically like something for a sport. For example, if you're, if you're doing a, a squat for power thing, you need to get stronger on the squat. So there's that, there's that maximal strength area of it. And then there's the exercise specific area of it, along with very specific guidelines as to how you need to perform that exercise. Whereas when it comes to hypertrophy, it's more like uh, you kind of just need to do enough of this stimulus to get the side effect of growth. It's like we don't really care how you do it, you just need to make it happen, okay? That's kind of the way hypertrophy is, and that is somewhat liberating, which is what you learn, okay? So 8 to 12 repetition range, not a bad recommendation, but not necessarily true if you were to say that it is a range that leads to hypertrophy and others don't, okay? So that, that's kind of where we want to start. So you can absolutely build muscle in the one to five repetition range. So doing more strength specific slash powerlifting specific training, you can build muscle, okay? So in order to kind of get the muscle building process going, what we want is sufficient motor unit recruitment and sufficient actin myosin cross bridging, i.e. tension between the muscle proteins within that fiber we need that, okay? So the, the motor unit recruitment aspect is interesting because if you lift, lift very heavy weights, for example, in the one to five repetition range, you're gonna get a full spectrum of motor unit recruitment. And a motor unit is essentially a motor nerve that innervates a group of muscle fibers, okay? So it has its little branches out to different muscle fibers, and then when that motor unit innervates the muscle, it'll innervate all of those fibers at the same time, okay? So they're in little bundles. and when you get a full spectrum of motor unit recruitment, i.e. all of the motor units in the muscle are being recruited, essentially what that means is that all of the fibers are now active and all of the fibers are contributing to the production of the force to oppose the weight. Or more interesting to us, they're all getting tension on them, okay? So when you lift a very heavy load, that happens, okay? But it also happens if you lift a very light load very quickly, okay? So if you lift a light load, very quickly, you get that full spectrum motor unit recruitment, and that's what brings us on to point two, why that is an effective hypertrophy, is because you need sufficient actin myosin cross bridging, okay? 
and if you are lifting a light load very very quickly you don't get that same degree of actinomyosin cross bridging because there has to be a slow bar velocity or slow concentric velocity for that to take place so you need to be at the point where the load is either heavy enough for, from the start to cause you to really kind of struggle against it or you need to be at the end of a set to the point where fatigue is accumulated to reduce the velocity at which you can move the bar, the machine, the resistance band, whatever it is, so that you can get more actinomyosin cross-bridging, cross okay, because that, that's essentially all, that's essentially required for you to produce the maximum amount of tension from the individual fibers, okay, and, and again, there's more details on that in the article, and it's all, it, it, there's actually a quite a nice infographic from Chris Beardsley of the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, <laughs> Um, and and that, that's actually really helpful to take a look at. So, so yeah, when we lift heavy loads, we essentially get both of those things because the weight is challenging um, enough to get us, give us both of those things that we want. Um, and then, so, so, so we know, right, heavy, heavy loads, they're good, they're, they're kind of serving us well. And on the other side of things, and with the very light weights, you might be thinking, how does that work? You know, because we have good evidence to suggest that you can lift 30% of your one rep max and essentially equate hypertrophy with 80% of your one rep max. And again, there's studies cited in the article if you want to check those out. But how? How is that the case? And the reason it's important is because if we come back to our mechanisms of hypertrophy, okay, so we've got the, the two mechanisms that we're kind of interested, at least for the purpose of this discussion, are mechanical tension, and we kind of discussed that. So mechanical tension is essentially the tension that is on the individual fibers within the muscle. So if you lift a weight, your fiber, the fibers within your muscle have to produce a certain amount of tension to oppose that weight, and that mechanical loading leads to a chemical signal that leads to muscle building. Okay, very simply put, that's it. That's how it is. Um, and as we just discussed in relation to heavyweights, we get all the fibers active, activated, so they're they're now all active, and we've got that kind of slightly slowing of of the velocity, so that we're we're really fighting, we're really challenged. And as a result, we get all those fibers kind of cross-bridging, producing tension all together. And as a result, we get lots of mechanical tension there. With the lighter loads, it's a little bit more, I guess, challenging to understand, okay? Because with light loads, what ends up happening is we get the other mechanism of hypertrophy playing in, which is metabolic stress. And although I'm kind of skeptical of the role of metabolic stress outside of augmenting mechanical tension, the way, the way in which it works in this case is that the, the metabolic stress that accumulates as you do a very high rep set and you get that accumulation of metabolites, that essentially leads to fatigue, so those low threshold motor units. So, so because, in the, because with lightweights, you don't need to activate all your motor, motor units at once. So the lower threshold ones um, will be activated first. So they'll become fatigued as a result of the metabolic fatigue, so to speak. And what ends up happening then is those higher threshold motor units essentially come in to help out, okay? So they come in to make up the deficit of force production as a result of the initial fatigue. And hence, you end up at the end of a set, if you go to muscular failure or close to muscular failure, you end up at the point where you've got full spectrum motor unit recruitment, okay? So you've got, you've got that full spectrum recruited because of fatigue and you're reaching failure, so you're reaching that point where you're challenged again and you get that slowing of the velocity of the bar or whatever resistance you're using, you're really, really challenged and you get that extra cross bridging, all of which contributes to that muscle hypertrophy response. So although they're different on either end of the spectrum, we can see that whether you're lifting light weights or whether you're lifting very, very heavy weights, you can actually still build muscle 
they're just slightly different ways of going about it, okay? So that's quite liberating because it tells you if you're interested in powerlifting, you can do your powerlifting training, get the mechanical tension, use that to build muscle, and then on the other side of things, if you like lifting lightweights for whatever reason, um, you, you know that you can still gain muscle from that. But this is where we have to discuss the practical application, okay? Because it's not always as simple as it sounds, okay? So while we do have research comparing you know, more powerlifting strength specific training with the moderate kind of resistance training that, that we would normally do for hypertrophy when volume is equated, what you tend to see there is a higher dropout rate from injury. Okay, so in the paper that was conducted by Brad Schoenfeld, comparing that moderate versus high resistance or high intensity resistance training, what we saw was two dropouts out of a group of 10 in the strength training group, one due to a knee injury and one due to a shoulder injury. Okay, so that's a 20% dropout rate, and granted the sample size is small, but it's, it's still 20%. Okay, so that kind of tells us that, all right, there, there's definitely some degree of extra injury risk when, we tr when you try to do higher levels of volume with very heavy loads. And while I don't have a citation for this because I couldn't find it anywhere written, I did also hear Brad, the, the author of the study, discuss on a podcast about how the, those, those members of that group did show signs of overtraining but again I don't necessarily I don't know exactly what that meant or whether it was just referring to the injury um, so, so we don't know but we, we you probably have experienced that anecdotally where lifting in the one to five repetition range is very fatiguing okay and if you do have any past injuries or joints that tend to get niggled a little bit then you probably notice that they get aggravated by that very, very heavy lifting, okay? And there's, the fact that the load is heavier inherently increases the injury risk because any degree of, of a loss of control is essentially more meaningful. So if you lose control at the bottom of the squat with your three rep max, then there's more of a chance of you actually injuring the tissue because of the higher forces and the lack of control that you have. So there's definitely that downside to the, the power of things specific training and that you probably do have to do less volume, especially if you were to try and do everything in one to five repetition range. So you do have to do less volume and, and it's probably not the best idea to try and get the same amount of volume from just power to things slash strength specific training. Uh, you're probably better off to maybe include one exercise maybe that was that was in that those heavier repetition ranges and then do other exercises in the moderate to high repetition zones. That's probably better from a, a recovery standpoint and an injury injury risk standpoint. That's probably a better approach or alternatively have separate phases where you focus on strength with lower levels of volume and separate phases where, that are a little bit more hypertrophy specific. Okay, and on the other side, that's pra there's practical considerations as well. Okay, so if you think about how, how studies are carried out, if you come into a lab and you've got, let's say me and Patty, right? Let's say we're the lead researchers. Um, we're your exercise scientists for the day. And we're conducting a study and we're roaring at you to do 30 reps on a leg extension all the way to failure. And you know, you're thinking about stopping at 20, but we're pushing you, we're screaming at you, we're getting you to do more. We may very well see that you go absolutely to failure to the point where you're getting those hypertrophy benefits, but does that carry over to the real world? Okay, so does that actually carry over in that if you are gonna go to the gym, are you gonna push yourself to the same degree of failure that you would have when you were in that actual lab setting? And I'm not sure that's always the case because there is a higher degree of pain and discomfort 
when you do those higher repetition sets because of the, the metabolic stress that is accumulating, the hypoxia, uh, it's, it's not a very comfortable thing to do. Um, so I suppose that's, that's a big practical consideration and, and also we have, we have evidence to show that you know, the, the torque reduction, your ability to produce force, essentially your, your recovery time is longer after those very high repetition sets versus moderate loading for the same degree of actual hypertrophy. So, you know, it is it is important that we keep all those things in mind because we know there are practical considerations with the heavy lifting, there's practical considerations with the light lifting, and that's kind of where this conversation comes back to, all right, I just spent, what, 12 minutes telling you that you can kind of do any repetition range you want and still build muscle, but practically, it's probably better to come back to that, that classic hypertrophy range for practical reasons, not necessarily mechanistic reasons, um, and do most of your work there. But what I want you to get out of this is that, for example, let's say you have a knee injury and it only flares up when you go above 70 to 80% of your one rep max. You can at least take away the lesson that you can do sets of 20 to 30 or more and still build muscle if it doesn't aggravate your knee. So that's kind of the empowering side of all of this. And, and if you look into occlusion training and blood flow restriction training, you'll find even more interesting stuff related to that lighter load training, but that's for another video. And you know, the, the, other side of the, the other side of the coin is that if you are really into powerlifting and you, and you wanna build muscle, you can at least say that, oh, you know what? By doing heavy lifting, I'm not gonna lose my gains. All right, I can still continue to gain muscle. And that's probably obvious given the size of, of powerlifters. Um, so, you know, there's wins to be taken from either side and there's lessons to be learned but it still comes back to we should probably do most of our work in that 6 to 15 or 8 to 12 repeti repetition range okay but what you can do is at least you know change that a little bit over time because we don't fully at the moment understand you know what what fiber type specific hypertrophy responses there are so we don't like although like people have been talking about it probably for decades we don't actually know totally like whether do do does a very high repetition set lead to different fiber type specific responses to a very heavy set, okay? So while there's reason to believe that you'd expect that you'd get more type one fiber hypertrophy with the higher repetition sets, and there's reason to believe that you get more type two fast twitch muscle fiber hypertrophy with heavier weights, it's still not something that we fully understand. So I think that's something that's always, that's always interesting if you're into muscle science, hypertrophy science, exercise science in general is that we don't know everything and there's a lot more to come so I would probably hedge my bets on there being potentially some benefit to using a greater spectrum of repetition ranges as opposed to only doing the one but to be honest I don't think you're losing out on much by just doing 8 to 12 repetitions um, and I think the periodization concepts are pretty extrapolated in the world of hypertrophy in that like I don't think there's a massive benefit to, to going below five repetitions. I don't think it, it's something that's necessary. Um, and I think if you were to just stay in the eight to 12 repetition range, adopt the same, the same kind of thought process of trying to get stronger there, continuing to get stronger there over time, I think you'd see very similar hypertrophy. I'm not sure you'd see any more by going into the powerlifting specific ranges, even though that is quite popular in the last decade. Um, I think the reason it does lead to a lot of positive outcomes for people when they do very very heavy lifting is because they become obsessed with technique and progress okay so they become obsessed 
with refining their technique, doing everything really well, and also progressing. Okay, so they, they see that their five rep max is going up and that motivates them. Whereas people, when they do the eight to 12 repetition range, they sometimes get caught up with the pump and they, they kind of forget that you need to actually still try and progress and you need to be kind of going close to failure every now and then, not necessarily all the time. Um, but yeah, that's that. So how many reps should you do to build muscle? You can do however many repetitions you want. Um, the important things are that you are approaching failure at least. In the higher repetition ranges, I would be saying you probably want to hit failure just because your perception of failure may not be true failure and the evidence that we have comes from exercise science labs where people are being pushed to true failure. So um, I'd, be, I'd be trying to hit failure on those higher rep sets. Um, the closer you go to the power of thing specific ranges, I'd be trying to leave a couple of repetitions in the tank um, for the reason that you know we, we know that there's a higher injury risk and we know that if you do a three rep max, you are going to be pretty screwed and accumulating sufficient volume in the rest of the session to elicit hypertrophy and build muscle is probably going to be difficult. Okay, so that's it for now. If you want more of the details, check out the article um, that we wrote. And if you have any questions, of course, feel free to ask us. We do also have coaching spaces available at the moment. So if you're interested in coaching um, and you'd like us to guide you along the way, whether your goal is muscle building, fat loss, general health, whatever it is, um, or we do also have the triage militia. So if you're interested in the education side of things and you'd like to follow on with a free program in that and just ask us questions and get loose guidance that way, feel free to do that as well because there are people I know in the militia that are following our program and essentially using the militia as some sort of kind of group coaching service and you're more than welcome to do that if you wish. Um, but yeah, all the links to that will be in the bio below. And as I said, if you have any further questions, feel free to ask.